This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Even though the Yankees are, you know, won the division, the Yankees have the bye, everybody's still talking about Aaron Judge. Not Aaron Judge with 62. Not Aaron Judge who just fell a couple of points short of the Triple Crown because he didn't play the last day. But where Aaron Judge is going to land next season. Now, if you listen to Buster Olney, he's been, he's really been, if you're a Yankee fan, quite depressing because he doesn't sound like he believes from the folks he's spoken with that Judge is coming back to the Yankees, okay? So let's see what Buster says today. What's the latest on Aaron Judge's future, Buster? I do think a team will jump in with a bigger number than what the Yankees are going to offer. I think that number is going to come from the San Francisco Giants. I know they're waiting in the weeds for the offseason to begin, and they're going to pursue Judge, who, of course, grew up about 100 miles from their ballpark. I am going to be curious to see if Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, who's a great collector of art, will look at Aaron Judge and say, that's the piece I must have. I think I generally share the skepticism of a lot of executives with other teams that he actually actually will leave the Yankees if the Yankees will let him get away. Sorry, Yankee fans. He hasn't changed. <laughs> he doesn't think Judge is coming back to the Yankees. He just doesn't. <sighs> Yankees or Giants, I got to tell you, and, and I get the whole thing, and everybody really has the Giants in mind because, like Buster said, he grew up near there, 100 miles from where you know the Giants play. I understand, you know, McCovey Cove and all that. He would be close to family. I get it. I, I I get it. I just don't I just don't see him going to a team that is not in it all the time. I, I'm I'm consistent. I said it last night, I'll say it again. I, I just don't think I, I don't. Three playoffs in a decade. I don't know. I just I, it's it, I just think once you once you've tasted the postseason and you've been there consistently, you expect to be there. Now, again, as I also said, if if the Yankees should win the World Series, that changes things because you've won a championship. So now you might be willing to take the money and go wherever you want to go because you've got the chip, you've got the ring. All right, so I would get that. The Mets are an intriguing situation. Uh, and I think what really would make it even more intriguing is how this team does in the postseason. And I've said this before, too. If this team has an early exit and it's because there's a power shortage, I think that would quicken the necessity for Steve Cohen to get Aaron Judge. But then... What does he do with Jacob DeGrom? And what does he do with Edwin Diaz, who's also a free agent? And to a lesser degree, Brandon Nimmo. All right, so there's some free agents on this team. How big, how much money does he want this payroll to be? Right? And how nervous are the other owners in this sport that he's going to blow the payroll right out of the water? <laughs> that he's going to try to get every great player he can. And by the way, that's his job, to put the best team on the field, to give Billy Epler and the front office folks and Buck Walter 
to give them the best players to fit the style of play that they want to win games. And they haven't done a bad job. I mean, 101 wins is good. Uh, hold on once. Just let me digress from this for a second. Just an observation. There's been so many injuries in this game. I mean, this is the third time I've seen this the, the truck out taking play carting players off to the locker room because they can't go under their own power. Third that I've seen, and I might have missed a couple of them. I mean, this is this has been a for this game to be nine six. This has been a very physical game as far as with injuries are concerned. It's, it's it's weird. This has been a weird game. It's really been a weird game. But anyway, uh, so that that's the whole thing that that just shocks me about what's going on with with Aaron Judge. All right, for right now, obviously that's the number one question because he's the number one free agent out there. There's no doubt about that, especially what he's done this season. And I still think the Yankees will get him back monetarily. I'm just worried about the years. I don't know that they'd be willing to give up the years. Now they could give him more money for less years and see if that intrigues him and give him the opportunity to, you know, four, five, five, six years, seven years down the road to get another contract. Now you could do that. Maybe they'll do something like that. And maybe he will accept it and maybe he won't. So that's the next step, right? To see how they're going to handle the situation with Aaron Judge. I mean, they put the two, <laughs> he has definitely eclipsed the 200 plus million that they offered him. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even close. He has definitely, definitely eclipsed that. Oh, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. But nevertheless, baseball starts tomorrow. Wildcard weekend is going to be fabulous. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. Once again, we have the games on uh, our sister station, 1050, and, of course, the Met game tomorrow night right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, join ESPN New York at the ultimate, the ultimate Jets tailgate. It takes place this Sunday in Lot G before the Jets take on Miami. And guess what? All your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts will be there. We'll have tailgate games. We'll have prize giveaways. And, of course, live music from Randy Zoo. It's the ultimate ESPN New York Jet tailgate. It's brought to you by our friends at Guinness, Pepsi, and, of course, 98.7 ESPN. We'll come back. We'll turn our attention to the New York Jets. Zach Wilson spoke about his ankle and some other things. We'll hear from the Jet quarterback next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Oh, the quarterbacks have been just brutal in this game. Pick after pick after pick. And it's so funny because as you if you're watching and listening, so Prime puts up Prime Video puts up on the on the screen a poll. Will there be a touchdown scored in the final two minutes? Because Broncos win the red zone. And then right after that poll goes up, Wilson throws a pick in the end zone. <laughs> and you just look at the fan base and they're just like, they're stunned. Every person they've got has got their hand on their head with their mouth open. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how bad this game is. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. 
Oh, oh my, 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 my. I know it will be much better on Sunday. Jets, Miami. Jets need this win. Love my partner, Gordon, but the Jets need this win. They do. And, you know, if I was a Jet fan, this would be, this would be where I would learn a lot about my team, right? Because here, this is where I'm going to find out how good the defense really is and how quick they're able to make adjustments. All right, this is this would be the one that I'm looking for. This is the team that starts to get me into a scenario where I learn something about my squad. I learn something about my squad defensively, how they're going to deal with the three-headed monster and receivers in Hill, Waddle, and Gusecki. I'm going to learn how they deal with the run game. I'm going to learn how you put pressure on Teddy Bridgewater and try to force him into making mistakes. And off, and I learn how my back end is going to play. A lot of pressure on this secondary. A lot of pressure on this young secondary. Sauce Gardner will earn his money this week. Okay, he will earn his money this week. Also, for me, can the Jets remain patient? That's a great catch by Pierce getting his hands under the ball. Can the Jets remain patient and stick with the run game? Zach Wilson, talk talk to me about Bruce Hall. How good has he been? Yeah, I mean, he's two-dimensionally. He does a great job in the pass game as well, and he's still learning every single game, but he's tough. Uh, the game's not too big for him. He's doing a great job, and so, you know, I'm excited that we have a running back like that. You know, our, I think our entire running back room is, is special, so I'm excited for those guys to keep growing, getting better, and, uh, and getting after this year. Hall and uh, Carter, I think, are going to be, if they continue to, another, another player hurt, if they can continue to be effective and with the play of the offensive line, which is, you know, that's going to be the key this week, how that offensive line plays, if they can get the running game going, that, that, that would be something that, you know, it just makes, it just makes your young quarterback's life that much easier. Do a little play action, you know, do a little quick movement, line them up. Bruce Hawley talked about it in that cut about how good his hands are. So these are things that make, you know, that make you, uh, make it a little easier for you offensively to get some things done. Okay. It just does. It just does. Robert Sala, as you look back on Zach Wilson, how did he play last week? What stuck out in your mind? The resolve to come back, stay confident, despite the pressure he was getting in the second and the third quarter. If you watch that fourth quarter, he's still hanging in the pocket. He's not retreating like a young, like a young kid. And you know, on the, on the flip side, when we got the interception from retreating because of pressure that was coming from the middle, he's staying in the pocket. He's stepping up in the pocket. His feet are settled. He's delivering the ball. He's throwing dimes all in the fourth quarter after just getting pressure all over the place. And which tells me that he's playing fearless. He's playing with confidence. Um, so what you'd like to see is just from the entire offense is continue to gel and harness what we did in that fourth quarter. If we do that, we can be pretty explosive. Yeah, and and once again, and I said this too, and it's about uh, him understanding when to do the unscripted plays. And that was my biggest concern about me and that was my about him and that was my biggest criticism of him was that 
there's times when you run and there's times when you have to stand in there and, and you know you're going to get hit and just sling it down the field. And that's what you saw in the fourth quarter with him. And, yes, that running backwards, and we had a couple of folks talk about it last night on the show. When you're drifting and you're going back, you're losing yardage. Okay, you could go back a little bit, but you can't just run backwards like you're like five, ten yards. <laughs> I know you're trying to get away, but the quick move sometimes is a little better. So you like what you saw from him in the fourth quarter. There's no question about that. So hopefully he can duplicate it. All right, you heard what Zach Wilson had to say about Brees Hall. Let's hear what Robert Sala said about Brees Hall. I love this running style. You know, we've been talking about NFL running and uh, uh, making DBs tackle you. And there's a there's about five or six occasions where he put his shoulder right through their sternum and uh, ran some people over, moved piles. The, the run to get to the two-yard line had big contact at the five and pushed forward to the two. Uh, same thing at the goal line. Now, we don't want to reach at that point, but still just to push, try to push a pile and get across the goal line for the game winner. Um, loved his running style. Uh, that's that's the biggest thing that he's improved on from week one to four, and hopefully he continues going forward, uh, moving forward just, just to show how powerful of a runner he is. And you mixing that with his elusiveness and his speed, good luck. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got all the tools that you could see that he could be a big-time, primetime player for this team. And once again, his ability to to catch the football as well just makes it, you know, that much more, you know, that much more troubling if you can, uh, you know, if you when you're trying to play against him. Oh, no. Okay. I, I hope they don't go for the field goal. Uh-oh. Look out. We might have, we might have a, we might have a touchdown here. Oh, I, I hope I didn't. Hope I didn't uh, jinx it. <laughs> but I, I tell you, this is um, this is like I said, going to be a really oh slip tackle. This is going to be a really interesting game for the Jets this weekend. This is a game they need to win. As far as the Giants are concerned, once again they're going to London, and once again, no Kadarius Tony. I mean, you know what? When is this guy going to be able to get on the field? I mean, in this scenario, you, you, he really, you really need him. You really, really need him to be able to give you, you know, a guy who can, you know, make, make some big plays, take the top off a of defense with his speed. And he's just, you know, he's not healthy again. It's kind of be frustrating. Boy, if, you, if you're a Brian Dayball and you're looking at your receiving core, and you've got a veteran guy who is just not getting it done for you and Kenny Galladay, and you've got this, you know, you know what this kid can do when he's healthy. He just, he, he's just, there's always something that keeps him off the field. And Tony just is. So, um, you know, it looks as though from what we've heard that uh, Daniel Jones has been moving better, so he will probably get a chance to start in the game on Sunday. And Carson Webb is probably going to be the backup. Now, they have indicated that um, Tyrod Taylor has is moving along with protocol to the point that he m- will make the trip over to, uh, over to London. So I don't think he'll be active, but he will make the trip. So we'll see what that scenario is. This is an interesting game for me. And it's an interesting game because I think the Giants... Th- 
I think the Giants will, will have a chance to – I don't see Green Bay blowing them out. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't see Green Bay just blowing them away. I don't. I still think that Green Bay is working on some things offensively. And I think the Giant defense with the, the different type of blitzes they can do and the different packages and things will come up. They'll, they'll hang around. Okay, they'll hang around. I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll hang around this, this Green Bay team. And they're going to force Aaron Rodgers to, you know, make some plays. And because his offense is not, even by his own admission, the way they play and him talking about how they are, you know, they can't continue to win the way they did last week where they needed overtime to beat New England. Um, I think the Giants are catching them at a time where they can make a couple of plays to stay close. Ultimately, I think Green Bay is going to win because they're the better team. But the Giants will have a chance to win this game. They will have a chance to be in the game. I don't know if they'll win it, but they'll have a chance to be in the game in the fourth quarter. And for, for a young team on the road, that's what you want. Okay, against a very good team, you you know, a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, future Hall of Famer. This is this is a great learning uh, situation for them, a great talent evaluation system. All right? Now, if the offensive line can step up, this will be even a better situation for Daniel Jones because I don't think he's going to run a lot. I mean, they'll tape the ankle. They'll try to protect it as much as possible. But, you know, he's not going to – I don't think he'll be able to run the way he normally does. We'll find out. We'll see on Sunday. And that's the best thing. He's That's a dual threat with him. Look, let's be honest. This is the Saquon Barkley show offensively for this team. It's what it is. He's the guy that, that, that's running this offense. He's the guy that's the big home run hitter on this team right now until they get their folks back. And you've got some other receivers who are doing nice jobs. I don't want to, take, I don't want to diminish what they're doing. But this is, this, this is what the Giants are right now. Boy, you just, you, you just, you, how could, Indianapolis has just tied the game with a field goal with five seconds left. So we are going to overtime. I'm going to run around and scream. You listen to this on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. It's going to end in the tie. Why would you think that any points are going to be scored in this game immediately? Why would you think that way? Why? Russell Wilson, 19 of 36, two interceptions, sacked four times, lost 24 yards. Matt Ryan, 22 of 37, two interceptions, sacked six times for 50, a loss of 51 yards. I mean, it's, 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 it's awful. I mean, the defenses have been fantastic. Defenses have been tremendous when you look at them. I mean, these quarterbacks... It, it, it's crazy. Um, my nephew, Jay Blaze, NYC, says, Uncle Al, it's not exactly the same and it's still early. However, could Russell Wilson's deal be the NFL equivalent of Garrett Cole's contract? You're right, it's still early. Cole at least has been to the postseason <laughs> with the Yankees. <laughs> so 
it is it, it is a little concerning. You see the stat first game to win to overtime without a touchdown in regulation since 2017. That was Browns Titans. And while we're talking about Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, Geno Smith. <laughs> There's an interesting stat about Geno Smith that he uh, comments on. I want you to hear what Geno had to say. They were going to take your calls at 1 800 919 3776. Check this out with Geno Smith. We're only four weeks in and focus on the task at hand, but you're in the midst of doing something that we, frankly, haven't really seen before. As a guy who's a backup for seven years and now you're near the top of the league and passer rating, you just got off as player of the week. I mean, you surprised you, by that? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, if you told me before the season, I'd be a little surprised. Yeah, it's because you never watched me throw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got to stop. I've watched you throw. I would be shocked. <laughs> I know, but I'm, look, that's what Gino's supposed to say. I get it. I understand. That's what he's supposed to say. But I'm shocked with that, you know. And that last game really showed you a lot about him. Seven years. Seven years. And he wasn't a backup for seven years. He started a couple. He was a starter for a, num- a couple of years in that uh, situation before, um, you know, he went to the reserve role. But uh, listen, good for him. Good for him. 1-800-919-3776. Let's talk to Chris in Manhattan. Chris, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. How you doing? Chris, what's up? I'm doing great, my friend. What's happening? Not too much, not too much. Just tune in to see what you were talking about. And uh, you touched on a couple of things, and I – Thought I would, uh, you know, throw a few things, you know, put put a few things on the table for you. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think you know one of the first things is, um, I guess, if you were talking about Zach Wilson, you know, mm-hmm. I guess the understatement obviously is expanding, you know, the play, the level of play that you saw in the fourth quarter. If you can get two and a half quarters of that Zach Wilson, and the rest of the running game. Um, talking about you were talking about the running game one of the things about the running game obviously I mean for me until next year you know the offensive line is you know is going to be you know somewhat of an issue yes (laughs) I'm I'm trying to be nice you're trying you Um, do it may be some tough sledding so it'll be interesting uh, Mm -hmm. because inside the Dolphins have uh Smiling Christian Wilkins and uh, Raekwon Davis, mm-hmm. yeah, who I who I loved at uh, Alabama. So that that's going to be it's going to be interesting. And then you know, obviously in pass pro, you know, uh, trying to keep uh, Melvin Ingram, if I'm not mistaken, um, and Jalen Phillips. Um, but having uh, listened to uh, and talked to some uh, Miami fans, you know, they're you know they they're actually. Uh, not as happy with their with their pass rush, um, mm. you know. Now, now, yeah, um, they're they they're they're you know they're much happier with their run defense than they are. They're looking for their pass rush, um, you know, to uh, get dialed up. You know, which brought me to you know the point of um, Xavier Howard. You Didn't know, practice again, again today. 
Yeah, you know that this is why I keep you know I keep bringing it up because you know what was interesting that you said about you know this is a big matchup for the um, Jets uh, secondary uh, mm-hmm. specifically corners and this is why you draft the sauce and 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 you sign a DJ Reed if you if you you know conversely oh this is a big matchup for um, the Dolphins secondary uh, especially their corners. And it'll be interesting to see how much, especially early, Lafleur wants to attack uh, or test the second uh, the uh, the corners mm-hmm. up front. We got to make okay. I'm being nice again. And we got to beat Teddy. We got. I, I love Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. We got to beat him up on Sunday. And I think the matchup that I'm looking at um, up front is Quinn Williams. And how much Quentin Williams is going to be over Liam Eichenberg and how much uh, help they're going to assign to him in terms of Connor Williams uh, at the center position doubling, you know. And if you're going to be doubling Quentin Williams, the other guy's got to get home in a, in a, in a passing situation. Um, as far as stopping the Miami run, I would kind of – I think that we set the edge really, really well. Um and I'm not, and I, I think I'm not the only one. Uh, again, talking to some Miami fans, you know, do they have this, the the stoutest tight end group when it comes to the run game? I'm not so sure. So, you know, in terms of you know, because again, you don't you don't want uh, Raheem, you know, Raheem Mostert and uh, Chase Edmonds going off, especially no, you, don't. you know Mostert going wide. So hopefully. You know, again, especially on the uh, – I'm not – in terms of setting the edge, I am not worried about it, Jermaine Johnson. Larry? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Carl Lawson versus Teron Armstead. I'm showing up for that fight on well, Sunday. If you're, uh, well, Chris, enjoy the game. Thanks for the phone call. You need Carl Lawson to show something and not – I mean, he had a big play a couple of weeks ago. He had a bad play last week, you know – this was one of your big-time signings. You need him to show you something, okay? And I don't mean hitting the quarterback late. I mean, you need him to help be that person that gets to Bridgewater, okay? He needs to be that guy. If Quentin Williams is double-teamed, somebody, like you said, has got to get to the quarterback. They just do. And... You got to be these corners, but here's the thing: this is why you drafted Sauce Gardner, and this is how he learns. He's going to get beat. Okay, it's not the end of the world. The best get beat. That's how you learn. That's how you learn. The positive thing I was reading a couple of articles uh, today about him was right after the game he started studying film. See, that's what you want. That's that's what you want your young players to do. That's what you need. That's what you're looking for. 66-yard field goal. See, that's what happens when you play in Denver. <laughs> you think you can kick it from 80. So now the Colts have the lead. Can Denver, as people filed out before the overtime, for those who are left, will they witness a victory? Oh. We'll see what happens. I can't believe Geno Smith is leading the NFL in passer rating. 
You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This Thursday night game has been unbelievable. That's all I got to say. It's been unbelievable. Fourth and one. We thought they were kicking. Then we thought we were drawing them off sides. Nah, Denver's going for it. Ah, we're going to win this game. Ah. Bobby's in Staten Island. What's up, Bobby? Russell Wilson's problem is that he didn't bring his receivers with him. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Or, or, or a playbook. Or, or a playbook, too. Was, man. He, left yeah. him, he left him in Seattle. He left him in Seattle. He could use them tonight. He could use them during this season. Man. He didn't think about that when he left, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Have a good night, man. Thank All right, you. you too, Bobby. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, he could have used players, playbook. He could have used a bunch of different things to help him out in, in this season so far. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Unbelievable. Booty's in the Bronx. Booty, you're next on 987 ESPN. <laughs> Yo, this last guy is too funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look at that, uh, at Russell oh. Wilson. He must be Jack Lemon and Matt Ryan is Walter Matthau. I mean, oh my God. You want to talk about some grumpy old men? <laughs> oh man. And sore old men. You know, it's sad when you watch the old players, we watch this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. And you know it's coming to the end. Those last few seasons, it's yeah. not good. Yep. It's really not good. Yeah, you know, I'm listening right. to um, your man, Rob Salah. You know, I, like I told you, I had to drop the Caesars. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he got on my nerves with the Caesars comments. Right. You got know, him talking about Brees Hall. I mean, it just shows you how far the NFL has come. You know, imagine Bill Parcells talking about rookies. <laughs> no, nah, he wouldn't. Him she. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, she's coming a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, she'll be a good player. That's I right. I mean, you know, I guess there's some things that change for the good and there's some things yeah. that change for the bad. I mean, yeah. all Different I say times. to Rob Salas, yeah, man, Different listen, times. all I say Different to him times. is, you know, um, I, I'm not so much worried about the Dolphins' pass rush. Secondary is looking banged up. But you know what? If, if, if you're a Jets, you Jets fan for a while, you know, no matter who's been there, there's always been some tight end on the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. that kills the Jets. Yeah. Bruce Hardy. Mm-hmm. Remember the other um, the guy that he had that rookie season? He was never the same after that. But he had that big game against the Jets for Edmonds. Ferrell yeah, Edmonds. that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All the way up to Gesicki. They might want to cover the tight end. I mean, please, don't put – I don't want to see C.J. Mosley or Quan Alexander, you know, trying to cover Gesicki. I mean, this Please, this is such a winnable game, and if they don't win it, they'll be back to square one. They need to get their heads right and do what they need to do here for real, man. Yeah, you're right. You this know, is this is a game they gotta have, brother. Gotta have. Gotta this have it. I mean, like, listen, listen. Not not only do you have to have it in terms of looking where this this season, like the the, the schedule is, but I mean, these wins have been. Listen, Pittsburgh still sucks. You know, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns are a little bit better than them, but they threw the game. You yep. have to eventually, at some time, win a real football game that matters. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't want to hear no more excuses with the progress or whatever nonsense. You got to win a game that matters. But um, did you see that kid from the NBA, that seven for four kid? Yeah. Yesterday? Yeah, he oh, looked good. My God, that kid win by Yamba. Yeah, he <laughs> you know, looks good. Too bad the Knicks don't get good in the lottery, man. That that's the player you want, man. All right, so so you, you Buddha, you sound just like JP. Thanks for the phone call. Jacob Perry said the same thing to me, and I told him, 
the Knicks not going to get a player like that because he's going to be gone by the time the ping pong balls pick the Knicks. Larry, I just like to be optimistic here. I mean, they're going to be gone. Bing bong. It's going to be gone by then. Done. I mean, we've been teased every year, too. It, it doesn't help me. Listen, you've done your job. You've been bad. <laughs> you've done your job. You have done your you've done your part. You've been a bad basketball team and you deserve a decent lottery pick. And listen, RJ Barrett's not bad. RJ Barrett is a, is a young player. He's improved. You got him when he was 19, okay? He's improved every year. Solid player. Solid. Okay? He won the number 1 pick. He won the number 2 pick. You haven't gotten the number one pick since Patrick Ewing in 85. The NBA is like, we gave you one. That's it. You ain't getting nobody else. So, Buddha, JP, I understand what you're saying. He would be tremendous. And, you know, just reading, he did an interview. He played. He did an interview tonight. Uh, everybody's talking about him, his agility. I saw some highlights from him. Oh, he's just all the talent. He is such a talented young man. Can hit the three, physical, seven foot five. And wait, just wait till he puts some, just wait till he puts a little weight on. Oh gosh, he's gonna be he's gonna be tremendous. Jonathan's in LA. Hey Jonathan, you're next on 98.7. How's it going, Uncle Larry? It's already late right there. I got my yeah. wife and my son looking at me like, "What's going on?" <laughs> no, Jonathan's but, uh, family on the show. Hi guys. Hey, say hi guys. Let's go, Yankees. Let's go, Yankees. Wow. <laughs> got a chorus with him. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you so much, Uncle Larry. But I got one question for you. Yeah. So um, let's just say, let's just imagine, hopefully not, that Judge goes to another team. Do the Yankees still retire his numbers? I'll leave you up to that. Thank you so much, hmm. Larry, and you have a great night. All right, Jonathan, you and the family arrive to your Final destination safely. It won't be right away. <laughs> I tell you that. It won't be right away. They 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 probably well, yeah, I guess they would. Sixty two home runs. Single season. I think they would. Eventually. Eventually. But not quickly. <laughs> not quickly. Depending on how he leaves. If he leaves, I don't see them doing it right away. But I would think that they would maybe if they don't retire his number, they'll give him. They probably give him a plaque. They may not retire his number. They give him a plaque. Put him in the outfield. You know, but I don't know what they may do. I don't know. It depends on how he leaves. That's just my thought process. It depends on how he leaves. But that is an interesting thought because of what he's done. But you know, listen. If he stays, then definitely he'll get a number. <laughs> That's for sure. Definitely. He'll get a number. Or a plaque. Or a plaque and a number. <laughs> 1-800-919-3776. Uh, Robert's in the car. Robert, you're next on 98.7. Good evening. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. You got it, Robert. What's happening? I'm not a Knicks fan, right? But I live in New York, right? The mm -hmm. Knicks had a chance to pick, they picked Stephen Curry right before before them, they had a chance to, to draft Donovan Mitchell. Phil Jackson drafted Nilakita, but mm -hmm. where is he now? 
So I feel like if, if, even if they get a draft pick, they're going to mess it up anyway. So why, why bother? Just play the game, bro. Just let it be. That's all I have to say. I hear you, Robert. Thanks for the phone call. Well, you can't blame him for Steph Curry because somebody before them drafted Steph Curry. So that's not their fault. They never got a chance to draft him. They would have drafted him, but they never got a chance to draft him. He was gone. You make a good point about, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell. You're right. And, uh, you know, Phil Jackson thought that he, Phil Jackson wanted to run his triangle offense. And he thought that Frank Nilekina was the best guard to run his triangle offense. And as it turns out, the triangle offense wasn't good. And Frank Nilekina wasn't good to run the triangle offense. And he was, you know, a, comp- a compromised guard. So, that's the that that's the issue there. So listen, the Knicks have had some draft choices that have not been great. There's no question about it. But in this scenario, if you have a guy like this, Robert, if you have a talent like that, you have to you have to draft him and and you know do what you can, right? You got to draft him and coach him up, and make him better and build your team around him. That's what you do. Okay, and there are you talk about tanking. There are teams that are just, they, they're already talking about it. <laughs> they are just like, they are just, we're, we're giving up. We're not going to play. We're, we're going to lose as much as possible for, we to get, for us to get this deal. That's what we're going to try to do. Very talented young man. Really is. Really, really talented. This is ESPN New York Tonight. With Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.